Well, I ask that you turn to your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Um, we're going through this series called Level Up. Everyone say Level Up. The, I, you know, yeah, well, Kelly, you did a pretty good job. Some, some could do a little bit better job saying it. Let's, let's say it in unison together. Level up. You know what? This means that we are going to step up into this faith that God is calling us to. And I believe that if we believe in Jesus Christ, there should be a natural progression in our faith and understanding of who He is and who we ought to be in Christ. Amen? So there should be behaviors that follow you as evidence of your walk with Christ. But here's the thing. There are many people who I find in what I call this cycle of infancy in faith. Sometimes there's signs of growth, but because maybe they're not committed to discipleship, they find themselves constantly wrestling with the world and with sin. And so next thing you know, what, what we find is we're not growing, we progress a little bit, and then it's like a reset where we're starting all over again. And so today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be dealing with the subject of being called by God. And just for curiosity's sake this morning, I want to know who in this room believes that you are called by God? Okay, so I, I, I got to say, that's a much better response than I anticipated when I thought I should ask this question. Because there are people that believe that a calling is simply reserved for maybe a pastor, an evangelist, a prophet. Some believe to be called by God requires that you leave a secular job and you dedicate yourself to full-time ministry. And in some cases, that might be true. But for the most part, God's calling is not a ministerial position. But if we are true followers of Christ, we're already ministers of the gospel. Amen? Okay. So where we're going to go today, I want, I want to first tell you that everyone in this room has a basic calling. Every single person in here has a basic calling. And we're going to read about that in Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Let's read. It says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy. Everyone say worthy. Lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your word. And Lord, I pray that each and every person in this room embrace that they are called by you. And Lord, that you have a distinct purpose for everyone's life. 
Lord, we thank you. We praise you. God, we dedicate ourselves to your word right now. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we're reading this letter from from the Apostle Paul. He is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he isn't only focusing on just a few select people with his writing. Instead, here in chapter 4, he is writing generically that we all live a life worthy of our calling. And that calling that he is speaking about are duties we have for basic Christian living. So what that means is that is something that each and every one of us are all called to. And basic things Paul mentions is to live a life worthy of this calling. And so he mentions these next six things. Listen to this. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Who's already convicted a little bit by this calling. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. And I just want to note, this isn't just something the Spirit of God downloads into you, and you're like, God, I've received that, now I can go do it. Especially since the Apostle Paul says that we need to make every effort to live a life worthy of our calling. Then he goes on to say, bind yourselves together in peace. And also he mentions we're called into a glorious hope. And as you look at a lot of these, a lot of it aligns with the fruits of the Spirit. And we have talked about that before, that that is something that is, yes, it's imparted to us, but it requires discipline to get there. Amen? And that is a root of being a disciple. That we discipline ourselves. And you and I, something that we need to embrace, that if we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, we are called to be disciples. Remember, we talked about that just a few weeks ago. It says in John 8, 31, it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And so Jesus, he naturally calls us to follow him if we choose to believe in him. So then the next step in that is to be faithful to what it is he teaches. And to follow him is to be a disciple. And we already discussed that requires you, you have to lay your former life down if you want to be a disciple. You have to choose to follow him. And that means you are going to leave some things behind. Now here's the thing. Paul is saying that this is a basic calling that we accept and that are traits of being a true Christ follower. So outside of that, it is easy to question maybe um, our motivations in following Christ or if we have a true understanding of what it means to follow him unless we are putting these basic principles to practice. Are you hearing me? That is part of our calling. But I love this definition. Listen to this. To be called by God is defined as accepting and fulfilling your God-given purpose. 
So God has universally given us this specific calling, this purpose to love each other, be united in spirit, be patient, be kind with one another. And as I just mentioned, you can't naturally be all these things where you're humble, you're gentle, you're patient, you're kind. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And so it's not automatic, it's not systemic. You and I, what we need to dedicate ourselves to in order to get there is seek God by reading the Word. Amen? Reading the Word, praying, and then entering into purposeful discipleship and study. You're not going to get there by just throwing mud at the wall and thinking it's going to stick, you know? You have to be purposeful and intentional in your pursuit of God. And then what you're going to see is you're going to start seeing a new mentality and you're going to start seeing slowly your character change. And actually, most of the time, others are going to see your character change before you realized it has. Once we get there, or once we start going into that calling, stepping into that calling, I believe that God gives us a more distinct purpose into specific roles that we might play in the kingdom of God. So this is a deeper calling that I'm speaking to. In this calling, it can be a ministerial position, but it also can be a calling within the secular realm. Who knows there's a deeper calling? And I believe that God is calling out, wanting his people to step into that because those are beyond the basic things that we were just talking about. We are called into specific roles. And I do think of Gideon in Judges chapter 6 and 7. We're introduced to him. And here we find a man who was hiding in the caves because... His people were scared from the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the times were so desperate for them that here he was. He was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain because they would take all the food from him. So here you have a man who's living his life in hiding, not very confident, not very bold, and in his hiding, an angel of the Lord appears to him. And I want to read for you this. It's in Judges chapter 6, verses 12 through 14. It says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. I want you to think about that real quick. Here is a man. He is hiding his food. Right? And this angel of the Lord speaks to him, calling him a mighty hero. And I can only imagine at that moment, Gideon's like, who, who's he speaking to? Because he doesn't feel mighty in this moment. In verse 13, it says, Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and ha handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. 
I am sending you. So here we read God is calling Gideon out to be a warrior and not everyone, thank God, not everyone is called to lead people to war, but Gideon was. Now thank God, God didn't go to each and every man represented in Israel and ask them to lead all of Israel. So imagine every man gets asked, do you know what happens when you tell everyone in a room they're the leader? It's kind of a disaster, right? But he called Gideon to lead all of Israel. That was specific. And Gideon, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, Gideon felt unqualified. Who has ever felt unqualified in something you've been asked to do? So Gideon's calling was very specific, but we can also be called into ministerial roles. I want to I read for you Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. Listen to this. It says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And this we often refer to as the five-fold ministry of the church. And you can be called into a specific role and purpose like Gideon and still be called into a ministerial role. I must say, the church needs people who are going to step up and be called to both. We need that. And as we learn in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, not everyone is called to fill the same role, but I believe that God is calling people to fulfill all these roles. And he's just waiting for people to respond. Here's the problem. There's also some people that step up into these roles that aren't called. Maybe they look at what the pastor does on Sundays and are like, man, I want that. First off, you can have it. <laughs> But if you look at a position as something that is just desirable because of the position, guess what? The lack of calling will eventually reveal itself. It will eventually reveal itself. Matthew twenty two fourteen it says, For many are called, but few are chosen. But these five roles mentioned here in Ephesians chapter 4 are to equip the people being you to do God's work. And so we need people that can step into these roles. And i got to tell you, recently, our recent church culture has failed in these roles. It has failed. Because we, as the body of Christ, have relied solely on those roles doing the work of the church. I want to explain. If those five ministerial roles are called to equip the church, it is the church that should then feel equipped to go out and do the work. Are you hearing me? So that means where the church has failed is the people aren't going out and doing the work. They expect those fulfilling those roles to do it. And so as a result, guess what? The gospel's not being spread like it needs to be. 
because people have not embraced their purpose and role. I gotta tell you, if you are yearning for the things of God and to know God on a deeper level, there's a good chance you're being called into ministry. There's a really good chance. And so some of you might be asking, I'm trying to wrap my brain, Pastor, around this concept of being called. What does it mean? How do you know you're called? How do you embrace it? And I want to go over with you this morning five signs God might be calling you into ministry. The first is you might receive your calling supernaturally. I believe that when that happens, God will speak. And it can be audible, but most likely it will be God's inner voice or a deep conviction in your spirit. It could be a prophetic word that someone speaks over to you. Then there's further confirmation of that prophetic word. Maybe it's something you read in Scripture. Maybe it's something that God confirms to your spirit. The second thing, and I think this is very important. People that are called into ministry will serve. They have a natural desire to serve. And I'm not talking about stepping into a church and thinking, Pastor, I am called to teach a class. And I'm like, oh yeah? Well here, start by plunging this toilet. And the reaction of that will tell me all I need to know. Because in service first, our desire should be anything for my Lord. Anything for my Lord. I think desire to serve God is to do whatever you are asked of to bring Him honor. Thirdly, people called to ministry... They manifest a grace and gifts that are visible to others. You know, God has blessed many with gifts that naturally flow out of them when they step into ministry. And oftentimes it's gifts we, some, we, we don't recognize in ourselves. It sometimes takes others to notice that gifting and speak into our lives. So I encourage you, trust those who are in Christ to speak into your life and trust them when they see God's giftings in you. Maybe they see it through an effective prayer life that you have. Or when you speak, there are people that want to listen. Or maybe you just have a yearning for a deeper understanding of Scripture. Number four. you will be hardwired for the ministry you're called to. Do you know that when you were born, God hardwired you with characteristics that go with your calling? He has created you in a certain specific way. And i got to tell you that being a pastor isn't as simple as just graduating Bible college and all of a sudden you just conduct yourself in a particular manner. There are things that God has gifted you with in order to fulfill that calling. 
I think about my role with Move Ministries. For those who don't know, I, I lead a team that builds churches all over the world. And as a young kid, I was absolutely fascinated with learning about other cultures. It wasn't just one culture particularly, but just all cultures. And if PBS was on Sunday nights, you remember they used to, they used to play National Geographic episodes on PBS on Sunday nights. And I was glued to the television because I was just fascinated about learning about other cultures. And I used that as, a, as an awareness. God, you've been preparing me my whole life to be able to do this, to be comfortable with wherever I go and learn about that culture. God similarly, has been preparing you your whole life for what he is calling you to. Fifthly, people called to ministry have a greater desire for the things of God. If you're willing to just set aside your natural desires things that you maybe previously longed for before you knew Christ, if you are drawn to God and to His holiness, being a living sacrifice for God, He's calling you to go beyond where many believers do. What are you willing to leave behind? In hearing this, there are some things that you might have to weigh. I think we all should be pursuing God, and these things are desirable, amen? But some of us might have felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit for a while in being called to ministry, and you are thinking, Pastor, I am completely unprepared for this. And i got to tell you, if you are feeling unprepared, you are not alone. And first, got to say, if you are called, God will confirm it to you. Because if we go back to Gideon for a moment, you know, he wasn't too sure. He was, he was the guy to lead an army. He wasn't the typical specimen of what you might qualify as a leader. But I want to read for you Judges 6, 36 through 38. Gideon has been in a process of wrestling with God and what he is being called to. And it says in verse 36, Then Gideon said to God, If you are truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I will put a wool fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that is just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl full of water. Now here's the thing about Gideon. He still doubted himself a lot. And so that next day, he said, tell you what, God, okay, this time, how about all the dew is around the fleece and the fleece is dry? And God did it. And I am going to tell you that when you need further confirmation from God because of your doubt, He will give it to you. He will give it to you as long as you are earnestly seeking Him in it. Because church, something God has wrestled with, with mankind from the beginning 
God sees in us what we don't see in ourselves. And he knows his power lies in equipping the saints. And so he will equip you for every good work. Amen? Gideon wasn't chosen because of his fighting skills, his physical stature. He was chosen because of his heart. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 27. It says, instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who were powerful. Now, i got to tell you, it might not be evident to you why God has called you. But if you have been given ears to listen to the things of God and you have been given a heart to respond, then you are God's man or woman. Can I hear an amen this morning? You are God's man or woman. So whatever manner God delivers his calling to you, it will be confirmed to you multiple times. Whether he speaks to you, whether it's prophesied over you, or if when he speaks there is a deep conviction by the Holy Spirit, I am telling you, pursue the words that have been spoken over you. You know, God can also lead us to Scripture that confirms the word he's spoken over us. I've heard it said over and over again, you know, the, where, where someone will say, you know, this was being spoken over me, and then sure enough, the next Scripture I read, there it was. Staring right at me. I believe that if you are called, it's not easy to walk away from. God's not going to just let go. But I also want to tell you, don't think you have to have it all together before you step into that calling. I was just at Open Bible's National Convention. And it was one of the biggest conventions I've been to since I've been a pastor. I've been a pastor now 22 years. And here I am. I'm, I'm at this convention, and I'm blessed because of my role with Move Ministries. I have come to know a lot of pastors, not just nationally, but all over the world. And so there was a field director's congress, and that means so every leader from every country Open Bible is in, which is 47 countries, was, was present at... Uh, this this convention. And I was having many discussions with pastors, and, and Pastor Morris and Cindy, they know that when you go to these things, they might be sharing with you their hardships. They might be sharing with you the great things their church is doing or where they might be struggling in ministry. And as I'm having these discussions with these pastors... I'm telling them, it's funny, I'm telling them that I believe I'm in the greatest season of ministry in my life, and at the same time, I've never felt more inadequate. And I'm like, I, I'm trying to wrestle with these things. I don't understand the feeling, but I just know that each and every day I need the Lord. I need Him to get me through. I need Him to give me that boldness and that confidence. And you can say, Pastor, you've been doing this 22 years now. I'm not even 22 years old, maybe. And I can say, 
It's a lifetime of knowing that I need Him to get me through. See, stepping into a calling is not feeling like, man, I'm God's gift. I'm God's gift to the church. I'm God's gift to people. Or knowing that you have it all figured out. In fact, it's the opposite. God, I need you. Because on my own, I'm not able. And if you don't step into what God is calling you to, and I want you to hear this last part. If you don't step into what God is calling you to, he's eventually going to find someone else. He's going to find someone else. He's going to give you opportunity. He's going to try and confirm it to you multiple ways. But eventually, you have to choose to step into it. And then if you miss out, then someone else is going to get God's blessing and reward. I want to tell you, as you sit there and meditate on the things of the Lord this morning and the message that I'm trying to get through to you, God is looking for men and women who are stepping into what God has called them to do. He is looking for men and women. My dad was called to be a police officer. I want to say I believe Bruce was called to be a Gideon. 37 years. 37 years of doing that. Some of you might be called, you might be called to a cleaning service, Michelle. And that might be God's way of using you to minister to others. But I believe that if we seek the Lord's heart in this, there is a deeper calling to be had. And God needs ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He needs those willing hearts. In Isaiah chapter 6, and I love Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah has a vision and he's standing in the throne room of God and it, it describes the majesty of God that the train of his robe filled the temple. Imagine a robe so majestic, so great that not only does it flow from the throne of God down, but it starts to circle around the entire temple, right? And above God there are seraphim and seraphim are angels that have six wings. With two they covered their face, with two wings they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And they're hovering over the temple of God saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they're saying this over and over and over again. And God uses this moment as God, when he speaks, heaven listens. And God speaks to the crowd. And this, this, is, this is right after one of the seraphim flies down. They see Isaiah standing there. And they flies down and he, he needs cleansed. And the seraphim takes a hot burning coal and touches it to his lips. And then Isaiah is cleansed there in the temple. And God looks over the crowd. In Isaiah 6, 8, he says, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? Isaiah responded, Here I am. 
send me. The glory of the Lord was show, was displayed in the temple. It couldn't be denied by Isaiah. And Isaiah didn't realize that God was speaking to a captive audience in that moment. But at the same time, Isaiah was in connection with his creator in that moment. And his majesty and splendor could not be denied. And so God was calling out, we need men. We need women who will go for us. Who will spread the good word? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. Church, don't you know that God is looking for men and women who are in such awe of him and longing to do his good work? He's calling out to his people and he's waiting for them to respond. And so many of them are just sitting on their hands saying, I don't know, Lord, who's going to go for us? Not realizing God is calling you. See, I believe that if we are to step into our calling, we are acknowledging that we are kings and queens. We are priests and priestesses. We are prophets and prophetesses. You, church, are the children of God. Can I get an Amen. And so what God is doing is he is scouring the earth, seeking those whose hearts breaks for his creation. Those who long to reach the nations. God is yearning for people to come to know him and know that he loved the world so much that he sent his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. church, here's the thing. We don't desire this for any other reason than bring light to Him. It's not about our glory. It's not about anything for us. It's about the fame of Jesus Christ and letting a world know what our Father has done for us through him. Right now, I'd ask that uh, you just bow your heads. I want a moment for the Holy Spirit to speak. And I believe that God is calling out men and women. Right now, he's saying, will you be my man? Will you be my woman? step out in faith? Will you pursue me? Will you desire the things that I have for you? And this isn't so much a response to whether or not you feel called. But whether or not you're available. Have you made yourself available? Are you willing to lay everything down for his sake? Are you willing to dedicate your life to this work?
And if today you would say, Pastor, I, I want to surrender myself over to him. I want to be used by him. I want to embrace the purpose he has for me. And I want to know it clearly. You say, Pastor, I want that. I want to know what he's calling me to. I want to step into purpose and calling. If that's you, would you stand with me? a favor. I want you to look around the room right now. There's a lot of you. There's a lot of you saying, I feel called. Be full of intent and be purposeful in your pursuit of God. Pursue the heart of God. Don't pursue a position. Pursue the heart of God. He's going to speak. And just be open to where he has you. Because I, I love that in this room, I'm looking around, I see a 15-year-old standing. The top side of the demographic, I'm not going to say the age, but I see older ones standing too. And what that tells me is a recognition that you do not have to be a specific age to be used by God. He uses the willing. So what I want you to do right now, those who are standing, I want you to just go next to someone else who's standing. I want you to pair up with others. Why don't you just reach out and grab their hand? And I want us to pray for each other right now and really pray. Pray for the other person. Don't, don't pray for your need. Pray for them that God speaks to them and pours out upon them. Father God, in this room are many people who are responding to your calling, saying, say, saying who will go for us? And God, these are people that are standing up saying, Lord, I desire the things of you. I set aside all my desires. I set aside all my worldly wants right now. And God, I say that I am your man. I am your woman. That I am crying out to be used by you. And so God, I pray that you do speak out. God, and they have ears to listen and hear to what you are speaking. God, that you will use your prophets and prophetesses to, Lord, speak into their lives and bring confirmation in Jesus' name. That, God, they will be convicted by your Holy Spirit into what you are calling them to. It will be something that they cannot let go of, Lord. God, that they will be dedicated to service in you no matter what is asked of them, Father. That, Lord, they won't be compelled to step out once they feel equipped. But God, they'll step out the moment you ask them to, Lord. God, in this room, I believe there are pastors, there are apostles, there are evangelists, there are teachers. 
there are elders, God. There are those that you are wanting to use in large capacities to reach for your kingdom, Lord, to equip the church. And God, I pray that you will give them a deep passion for your word and to speak to others in love and truth and grace, Father. God, may we pursue your heart in each and everything that we do. And God, may we not see fulfillment unless you are getting all the glory. Lord, I praise you for, for, Lord, you can take out of an entire nation someone who feels inadequate, someone who doesn't feel equipped. And Lord, you use the weak to shame the strong. You use the foolish to confound the wise. And so, Lord, at times where we feel like a square peg in a round hole, where we feel we don't fit in, God, you might be calling us to something greater, far greater than we could ever imagine. And Lord, as long as you are with us, God, we are equipped. We thank you, Father. Lord, continue to stir in the hearts of those that have responded. In Jesus' name.